Larry, I have a lot of video games to get to uh, with you today because I picked three video games and there's a lot to say about all of them. Okay. Uh, I'm Larry so, Davis. You're George Brundle. You should probably say that at the beginning of the show. I probably should, but there's no time for names. There's no time to even go over the premise of the show, which is, as you know, I play games from a list of 250 video games, mm-hmm. uh, and then I, I pick out a selection of them, and I drag you in here, and I talk to you about them, and you have no idea what I'm going to pick. Drag me, King. No time to go over that. Yeah. Although I do like, I do want to get some business out of the way first, though. Uh, going back to our GoldenEye episode for a second, because I found something out uh, recently that I did not know back then that would have been good to bring up. Um, remember when I talked talk to you? Uh, is this about Piss Brosman? <laughs> no. Oh. He is my favorite James Bend, though. <laughs> sure. Uh, no, remember how I talked to you about the Flock of Birds motion capture system? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, that uh, actually was used in BioForge. Oh. Yeah. That's how Bio I got the, had... the backflip so good. <laughs> That's right. He got all tangled up in the courts. No, I had no idea that game even had motion capture at all, but I uh, recently went back to watch... Um, backflips and bioforge uh, the giant bomb feature and they had mentioned on that th- that the game is well known for being one of the first games to use mocap and it also happened to use uh, the flock of birds system oh okay yeah i mean i know they yeah, spent know. way more money on that game than you would think from looking at it although it, it is oh, like sure. really advanced for its time yeah. if you compare it to other stuff at the time like yeah you know much like uh, goldeneye did a lot of crazy stuff for its time, but has not held up too well. Uh, well, okay, so combat in Bioforge is what? Like, you press C to enter combat mode, and then you, like, hold down yeah. control and use, like, the numpad keys to do different moves? Y- it's something like, like that. It's like cause... control and numpad keys for punch and alt and numpad keys for kicks. Yeah, and then, like, on top of that, you have to sort of account for the fact that you have these very very long wind-up animations that you can get knocked out of uh-huh. like you can throw a punch but you need to sort of figure well this my character's slow as shit so it's going to take a while for this fist to actually reach the thing that i want to hit mm-hmm. uh, so yeah that the whole combat system is really clunky and then they did that thing where they uh i can't remember if it was part of two because they were going to do a second one and it like never came out but they had that like combat arena thing because they were like, yeah, the, the thing that you want to hang your hat on with this game is the combat. Sure. God. Uh, but uh, speaking of things that I had mentioned in uh, previous episodes, uh, last week I mentioned Deadly Premonition, a cult classic uh, mm-hmm. heavily inspired by Twin Peaks uh, that is finding new life on the Nintendo Switch. So it feels only appropriate that we talk about another game uh, inspired by Twin Peaks that is seeing a revival on the Switch. Link's Awakening was the first Zelda title to come to Nintendo handheld, and also the first Zelda to have no input from Shigeru Shigeru Miyamoto? Am I saying that right? That sounds right. Okay. Whatever. 
Also, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, those were also Zelda games for the Game Boy, and maybe they're better? I think so. Okay. Episode over, then we figured it out. Yep. Okay, uh, here's the thing. See you next week. Before this, you were telling me, like, oh, you're gonna have a lot to say about this one. I don't mm. really think I will. I thought more that you would just not like to talk about Link's Awakening specifically. Well, that's true. But that you maybe maybe would have some things to say about Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, because those are games that you have been trying to get me to play for a while. Yep. <laughs> like a very long time, like actual years, yep. you've been telling me to go play those games, and I finally did it. I like Seasons a lot. I like Ages. Yeah. Ages is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like two of the games on the this this selection of games that I've picked. I, I, I like two of them, and then one of them I'm kind of uh, ambivalent at best about it, and that would happen to be Ages. Okay, um, I, I can get that. Did you play that second? No, I actually played it first. Oh, I figured it would be something like, ah, this isn't really that different from Seasons, so... Uh... But I don't no, know. Cause I, that, I don't, I don't really I went, remember. Actually. I divided these up for myself in alphabetical order, which is why I played Ages and Seasons, because that's how it appeared on the list in my retro buy. Uh, but apparently, like, according like the Hyrule Historia or whatever, I guess, places Seasons as canonically first. I played Seasons back when it came out. I played Ages... It was like on 3DS uh, So, you know, a few years ago I didn't play it at the time Because I figured it was like pretty much exactly the same thing Yeah, like that was my uh, My thought going in was It was some sort of like Pokemon Red and Blue Sort of scenario Where it was basically the same game with minor differences And that's not accurate at all They no. are two completely different Completely different things well, not uh, But completely. why don't we talk about Uh well, I mean, the, their story, their, like, unique gimmick for the game is sure. totally different. Uh, like, they're actually, they're, they're, well, they are. Like, I guess we're just going to get into the Oracle games before we get into Link's Awakening. Because at this I point, we're talking more about them anyway. Well, well here's the thing. Um, I'm saying, like, they're not completely different because they're still both time gimmicks. Sort you know, of, it, yeah. It's I, not I, like saying, like, Minish Cap is completely different. Because its gimmick is the size changing thing That's not the same as changing time Yeah Well no, I, the thing with Seasons is By having to do four different time changes You have puzzles uh, in the overworld That I think are a lot more complex Than the ones in Ages mm-hmm. it, it, Like that's the thing that separates them a lot for me Is it, it feels like Seasons has more substantial differences In its, its uh, you know, different worlds that was a little bit of a weird thing when I played Ages Was I had figured it was like Seasons Where you would have multiple like Time periods that you would switch between But it's really just like present and past Yeah, it's just the two uh, Also it's weird that like those the, the, uh, the, the Wand of Seasons is more complicated in its use Than uh, time traveling in Ages uh, When Ages was kind of billed as being the one that was more puzzle focused Hmm uh, which like still holds water because Aegis's uh, dungeons still have more of a focus on puzzles, whereas Seasons is a lot more just 
go in here and like whack a bunch of enemies, do a few puzzles and get to the boss. Like I that's sort of why I had an easier time getting through seasons than I did ages is it, it, it's amazing to me that these are still Game Boy games because they put a fucking lot on those cartridges. Uh, oh, yeah. For all three of the games that we're talking about, it's impressive how much is on those cartridges. They're pretty late Game Boy games, too. Yeah, uh, they they came out in 2001 for the Oracle games. Yeah. So, yes, they, they were very, very late. Um, and it was 1993... Uh, late 93 for Link's Awakening. So it's a lot more impressive to, to me that specifically Link's Awakening did everything it did that early on. Uh, obviously, the Game Boy had still been out for quite a while by that point. Uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't 2001 quite a while. Like yeah, yeah. A checking, uh, yeah, the Game Boy Advance was already out at this point. Yeah, it was. <laughs> But hey, you know. This makes you wonder why they didn't just do it on the Game Boy Advance, but whatever. Yeah, but um, again, you know, sometimes those super late games are some of the best ones. Yeah. Shadow of the yeah, Colossus but... came out after the PlayStation 3 was already out. Yeah. Which also maybe yeah. it should have been delayed to the PlayStation 3 considering the frame rate in that thing. But hey. Yeah, you know. Well, whatever. Um, yeah, the, the, but. Where I was going with this is I, I think that Ages does sort of sort of show how they uh, maybe push that as far as they could because a lot of the puzzles in that game just get incredibly samey. There's a whole lot of just pushing boxes around. I think a lot of that's just like 2D Zelda in general. Uh, I... un- until Link Between Worlds when they were like, hey, maybe we should just let you have all these items up front. Sure. But uh, like... What I'm getting at though is pushing boxes around is literally you just go into a room and there's four boxes and you just need to push them into the correct configuration. And that's it. That's the whole puzzle and you have to do that multiple times in every single dungeon. Like after a while it just it really started to wear on me of like, hey, yep, it's the same puzzle again just with like a slightly different solution than the last time I did it. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. That's a... That was a bummer. And like... And I just I found like seasons as world and it's a gimmick to be a lot more interesting too. I actually like uh, seeing how they change that overworld for every different season and the way that it kind of affects your pathway through it uh, more than just a simple like oh, I went to the past. Yeah, because yeah. also with, that that with ages it's just like ah now there's a rock here. Yeah, or uh, oh this area is more complete so now I can go inside the door that I couldn't go in the last time. Sure. Uh, whereas, like, you know, if you change over to winter in seasons, now you got these snow banks that will take you up to higher levels and they'll make, like, new routes and stuff through the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you get, like, these uh, flowers that end up blooming and then you step in them and they spit you up. Yeah, that's cool. I liked uh, the yeah. part of, with the volcano village. Yeah, that that's, like, <laughs> sort of the other thing about this game is it has its whole, like, uh, second world layered under the first one with this like really massive volcano area that you have to go through like quite a lot in the game Mm -hmm. Uh, because like part of the tower that holds like the different rods the seasons has like sunk down there so you have to keep going back each time you want to unlock a new season uh along with a bunch of pirates that are down there too 
just ghost pirates that are chilling out in this house because their ship like uh, got marooned someplace. Oh, and they need right. you to pull That's it out. It. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's it's stuck in a desert, and so they just sail the ship out of the desert like it's a fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movie. That's right. Yeah. Got anything to say about <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3, by the way? That's a good game. Okay. We don't got time to get into Kingdom Hearts 3 today. Did my Get me advice, started on that, I'll talk about it for an did hour. Did my advice on that pirate segment help you? Yes, it did. Just run to the damn ship. <laughs> I don't don't, know don't bother. They're like, I don't... We, we have to defend the ship. You need to get these guys that are attacking it. Like, no, you just run to it and you're there in like 10 seconds and the segment ends. Yeah. Also, if you keep fighting those guys, it seems like you'll just lose. Yeah. Because the ship will escape. Yeah. Oh, boy. Donald uh, and Goofy are very stupid. Yes, they are. Uh, I I do like that the pirate guys are in both Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons 2. Because um, the, the thing is, like, the, these different... Like, it's it's Holodrum is one of them, and then I forget the name of the other one. Holodrum is, I think, the one in the Seasons. Uh, uh, but they're like... Sure. Welcome to the Terrodrome. That sounds close enough to me. <laughs> uh, no, they're, they're like connected to the same world, and so you have characters from one end up crossing over into the other game. So the pirates show up in uh, Ages uh, after you get their boat out. Uh, and you find out in the Ages game that... Or no, I think it's... Because here's the weird thing with these games, actually, that I should probably get into. The way that they do link together is that you end up getting these codes uh, that you put in and you can do one at the start of the game and then you can enter them through a shop in the game. Uh, and what it will do is it will basically like carry over a bunch of your progress from one game into the next. So like you're finding a bunch of rings, uh, you know, shit like that in ages and then you use the code that you get at the end of that game. You can take all those rings over into seasons uh, plus like an extra heart container. And then uh, by using a code that you get from the end of one game at the start of the next, you unlock the actual final dungeon where you fight Ganon. Uh, and it involves, like, Zelda uh, in the adventure itself. And, like, uh, Twin Roba is going around doing shit. So, like, the way to get the true ending is you have to be both of the games. Or go on game facts and find somebody's code. I think, uh, but then... Um... I think I had like a little hint book or something that was like, I think it was, it was like semi a novelization of the games and also like a hint book at the same time. Like basically by reading it, you would find out what to do. Hmm. I think that's why I remember anyway. It's like going through a synopsis and that kind of lets you know where to go. Yeah. I think it was that it was less like actual puzzle solving things. More just, like, story progression. Yeah, so I don't know that I got true ending or whatever. Also, I don't think I cared. I, the true ending isn't all that much more, like, complicated. Like, it, it unlocks this final dungeon, but the final dungeon is incredibly short. It, it's pretty much just a few rooms that you run up to and a couple of boss fights. I mean, that's kind of... That's more than what a lot of true endings back then were anyway. <laughs> like, true endings have only sort of taken rise, like, since... JRPGs and stuff and probably the PlayStation 2 era before then it was just like you collected all the things now you get this part where Donkey Kong goes in and sees he has all to bananas 
I mean, that's nice that he got his banana. Oil it is down. nice. It's why I also appreciate that uh, that new Super Mario Brothers on 3DS, where it had the thing where it's like, if you get a million coins, you'll get a bonus. And the bonus was it changed the title screen, so there are coins on it. <laughs> I appreciated that level of throwback to, ha, you wasted all your time on this. Thank you for playing. Oh, man. Here's this visual representation of how sad you are. Mm-hmm. Hope it makes you feel real good about yourself, prick. It does. Yeah. That, yeah, like uh, the, the like the plot of the game is basically that twin robos trying to resurrect Ganon uh, between the two games, so they need to like light these fires up uh, by fucking around in these two different worlds, and then the last one is lit by kidnapping Princess Zelda. Uh, so to actually get at that ending where you go back and you seal Ganon for the billionth time, like you you have to carry that code over from a completed game. Uh, but when you do that too, it also makes it so uh, NPCs uh, in the game that you are now starting will give you uh, secret codes that you can then take back to the other completed game to unlock more content. Uh, and most of that stuff is just like, here's some extra like heart container pieces and things like that some extra like here's another bag to hold more of this bullshit that you've been collecting in the game which kind of seems pointless that you're taking that back into the game that you completed but yeah whatever i mean that stuff's cool at the same time yeah they didn't need to make two games what if i told you they were going to make three games oh no what was the third yes. gimmick supposed to be that's right so before I d- explain what the three games were going to be, I should probably let you know that originally this was supposed to be a remake of the very first Zelda. Hmm. Uh, that Capcom's whole pitch to Nintendo was, what if we just remade Zelda 1? And Nintendo was like, yeah, sure, uh, go ahead. And then like the rest of the team, as they started getting to work on it, was like, or it was just, let's do Zelda 1, and if that does well, then we'll do an original Zelda. And then while they're working on it, like, the team was like, hey, that kind of fucking, like, we don't want to remake the first Zelda. That fucking sucks. Fuck that game. <laughs> like, what if know. we just made it two original games? What if we did three original games? I bet Capcom uh, could have done a good job with it. Well, so that's why in Seasons you actually have some of the boss fights are the bosses from the first Zelda. Oh, okay. Is there just holdovers from, like, this point in development where it was actually just a straight-up remake? Um, but I'm trying to remember exactly, like, uh, how this went down. It was that they wanted, like, each of the three games to represent part of the Triforce. So it would have been, like, one game's wisdom, oh, one's courage, yes, power. Yes, okay. Yeah, I do remember reading about this once. Yeah. Yeah. And then they they got, like, two of them planned out, and then they were like, this is already, like, pretty complicated just for two games. We don't think that we can stretch this out into a third. And so they just axed the third game entirely. But there's still, like, some stuff that you, you find in the game, like the fact that there's these three fires that have to be lit that are kind of, like, little remnants from a point in time where the development strategy was to do three different has there ever been like a multi-release game like that that had three versions? Like I feel like there was. Like it was either like one of the Mega Man Battle Networks 
or I don't know, like Dragon Quest monsters or Demi Kids or something like that. I'm pretty sure like the Battle Network stuff was all two games. Okay. I feel and like then there, there were like the Bomberman that did one or did three. Well, there were those. There were those Bomberman ones too, but I think those also were only two games. Bomberman ones. There are uh, like a couple Bomberman games I want to say for the Game Boy that also were like divided into like a red blue kind of thing. Huh. Uh, Pokemon really fucked stuff up for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone got in their head that they could just release the same game two times over. Uh, which sure. is why it's nice that in like the Oracle games, it's not just the two the same game two times over. Like it's actually fairly different. Uh, <laughs> but man, uh, but yeah, that's that's also part of why uh, because I believe that like Ages was meant to represent wisdom, so it was supposed to be more puzzle focused, and then uh, Seasons was representing power, which is why it was more combat focused. And so I have no idea, like, how they would have balanced it all out in Courage. Maybe they would have tried to do something with it, but that game don't exist, so we'll never find out. Nope. Yeah. Uh, but there's also, like, um, I kind of, like, wrote down the other thing that I thought was interesting about this game was how much it also carries over from, like, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Where does it take place within the timeline? So, if I'm remembering this correctly, these games do not take not. place. Definitely not. Uh, it goes a link to the past, uh, Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages, and then Link's Awakening, and then I think Link Between Worlds takes place after that. It's that those are all the same version of Link. Uh, this link is not the Ocarina of Time link. I cannot remember if that is like his predecessor or that Ocarina of Time link comes after him or what the fuck. Or almost as though it doesn't actually matter and people cobbled all that no. together like after the fact. So Absolutely. who cares? <laughs> Just a bunch of weirdos who badly wanted this to all fit together nicely and then they put out an official book that sort of validated that and I hate it. I know. like I hate it. Just yeah. cannot all exist their own fucking thing. Yeah, you have the explanation like, ah, you know, Link, it's just name for a bunch of guys, kind of looks similar. Hero of time, different timelines, whatever, doesn't matter. And people are like, no, unacceptable. I have to know where this fits within the canon. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even go that far. I'm fine with them just being, here's a bunch of completely disconnected games that in no way share any sort of through canon. I know, that's what I'm saying. Well, but they do mention it specifically in the games, like in Wind Waker. Sure. But like, I... Oh, damn it, I don't have it on me. Um, I have the uh, official strategy guide that they put out for Ocarina of Time, and when you open that up, the way that it actually frames the continuity is... Oh, well, there's, like, this Hyrule library that keeps, like, all these ancient scrolls talking about, like, adventures of the past. And, like, we just unearthed this new scroll of the Ocarina of Time or whatever. And, like, the way they set it up is every single Zelda game actually is the same damn Link. 
uh, including Ocarina of Time. And then they sort of like pause it at the end of that. Maybe it's actually his ancestor. Like we don't actually know. We're just finding these scrolls that tell these stories. Um, so I wonder if that was like the seed of that that started getting people to think that, oh, actually it's all connected. There's a greater timeline. Or if it was just people couldn't accept that these games could just kind of exist in their own bubbles. Probably. Uh, but yeah, because at, like now at this point, Ocarina is in like a totally different like fork of the timeline or whatever. I don't know. Oh I, boy, I do not care. I hate all. that stuff. <laughs> me yeah, too. me too. Uh, but no, it, it does carry over um, like visual cues and characters and, and other uh, references from Ocarina and Majora, which, which I thought was interesting. Like, you have Zoro's domain and you go inside Jabu Jabu's belly uh, in Seasons. Uh, you can get the big uh, the big Oron's sword and the bomb flowers. Like, Twin Rova is from Ocarina. The uh, happy mask salesman is in... Yeah! Yeah, I remember that. Inside. Yeah. I think so. He shows up for, like, part of the trading sequence and has, like, no significant role beyond that. Which is actually kind of a bummer. Uh, but yeah, like, maybe the best Zelda character of all time, Happy Mask Salesman. Yeah, I also like the fountain fairies that laugh at you in a really terrifying way in Ocarina, though. Yeah, those are okay. I like Skull Kid. Skull Kid's cool too. It's almost like Majora's Mask might be the best 3D Zelda. Hmm. Uh, here's the thing. The at first, I thought. At first, I thought Majora's Mask was my favorite, and then Wind Waker came and out, and that was my favorite. Sword. That, shut up! And uh, then they did the 3DS remake of Majora's Mask, which streamlined a bunch of stuff. And then I was like, "All right, then definitely this is the best one." And then they came out with the HD version of Wind Waker, which streamlined a bunch of stuff. So now it's my favorite again. They're both yeah, very Waker, close, though. Yeah, Wind Waker is very good, too. I've not played Twilight Princess or uh, Skyward Sword, so... I played a little bit think... of Skyward Sword, and I never will again. Uh, Twilight Princess, I enjoyed well enough on GameCube, which is the way you should play it, or the Wii U HD version now. I'm not sure exactly what that changed. I don't know if it had any significant... Like, I don't remember having as many significant issues as Majora's Mask or Wind Waker for it to correct anyway. But I'm not sure the main difference is. It's probably, undoubtedly, like, the best way to play it, I'm sure. But... Yeah. I don't know. I I was planning on playing it on the uh, GameCube sometime relatively soon. I don't think that that's going to be one that we necessarily talk about, but... I do want to sit down no, and play that. No, yeah. you don't want people to catch wind of the fact that you played Twilight Princess. Some people specifically have thoughts. I, well, part of why it's not on my list of games that I'm going to sit down and play for this podcast is I also am not going to hold myself to the expectation that I'm going to finish Twilight Princess. I just kind of want to sit down and play a little bit of it and get like a sense of what it's I, I could, might finish you could it finish if it turns it. out I like it a lot, but... Yeah. Eh. Well, 
I don't know. There have been I some just... so far that I am very surprised that you finished. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I recently finished all of Wrath of the Black Manta. Ooh. I don't know how the hell I did that, but I did it. <laughs> Was well, for another time. Yes. We will definitely get into that game on another day. Um, before we move on from uh, the, the Oracle games, there is one thing that I wanted to mention that made me uh, gave me a good laugh when I was looking up information about them. Uh, is that the... I want to say it's specifically the Zelda wiki itself made a point of saying that these were the first uh, Zelda games developed by a third party, which conveniently forgets the CDI games. Yeah, those don't exist. <laughs> no, they do not. Not even on the Zelda wiki do they get the time of day. Yep. And they shouldn't, really. No, they should not. But, like, look, don't forget your game's history. Those fucking happen. <laughs> Forgetting your those who forget Zelda's history are doomed to repeat it. <laughs> That's right. This is, the, this is the video game version of the Bay of Pigs. I kind of doubt that anyone would ever repeat the CDI Zelda games, whether on purpose <laughs> or on accident. I am genuinely surprised out of all the like people like these these small indie groups just making these games that are very obviously riffing on other retro games that there's not been somebody out there who's like as a goof made a Zelda CDI like. Well, I mean, that would just be like, what a crappy side scroller. Yeah, but like as a joke. <laughs> yeah, but like as a <laughs> like joke. It's, yeah, but like as a funny like it's a funny thing you know just doing a little of a, <laughs> uh, just a goof and gaff yeah a spoof no i i am genuinely surprised that like at for the purpose of being funny that somebody has not tried to like recreate specifically like those kind of cutscenes, like that type of animation yeah that's the kind of thing i would expect to see from like uh tales of games except uh they're not doing anything as far as i can tell yeah Let's, let's check, check on the helping. check on the Kickstarter for um, Barkley Two. See what's going on over there. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, I also wanted to to talk a little bit about um, uh, Link's Awakening, which is actually maybe my favorite of the like top down Zeldas. It's either that or it's uh, Link Between Worlds because that's also a very good game. Um, that was my opinion. Thank you. On Link's Awakening. Yeah. I appreciate it. So is your input is valued here. Like I, it's, it's whatever. It's fine. Oh fuck you. It's fine. You got chain chomps, you bitch. It's you fine. step on a Goomba. Yeah, I like that it has Goombas in it. Yeah, you can go fishing in that game for the first time in a Zelda game, and wow. then some maniac was like, put that in every Zelda game. Ugh. <laughs> it's like that hey is you actually... want to play like a worse version of Link to the Past on a Game Boy here you go <laughs> what if I told you that this game started out as a remake of Link to the Past yes because every course. fucking Zelda handheld apparently was a remake of a different Zelda and then at some point somebody said hold the fuck on I mean that's pretty apparent yeah uh, th this thing um I thought so I don't know Link's how... Awakening is a dream, isn't it? Yes. Just uh, like Mario the... 2. Yeah, because Wart is also in Link's Awakening. Yes? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
you get like a you get a song from him on your ocarina like you you dive down into some location just you find wart huh he's just like it's a dream dude i don't know i'm here <laughs> here's the song wink goes down and meets the man from another place <laughs> i mean kind of uh that's so i don't know how familiar are you with the development of link's awakening not much okay because I, I, really, I really like the development history of this game which i'll try to get through very quickly but uh tezuka he joined link to the past halfway through the development and he had which, some wild it, ideas which tezuka is this harry tezuka ah okay oh harry just wanted to make sure it wasn't osamu tezuka creator of astro boy he was probably dead <laughs> at that point yeah de- no he cryogenically frozen he's uh japan's disney and one day they'll wake him up when yeah, they find tezuka a cure died in 89 getting stabbed in the back 17 times mm-hmm. uh yeah, no, he he joined development of A Link to the Past halfway through, and uh, he had a bunch of wild ideas about like, what if like what if we made the Master Sword unequipable? Like he wanted to combine items and stuff. So like if you used a bomb and an arrow at the same time, you could shoot a bomb arrow. And then uh, Miyamoto, who is well known for being very open minded, said no. <laughs> it's like no, I I haven't seen any bombs or arrows in my garden, so I don't want them in this game. <laughs> When I was a child, I didn't put bombs on arrows when I went exploring caves. That's right. Hell no. Get out of here. It's a crazy idea. <laughs> now, let me start <laughs> my work on this game about throwing plant monsters at a giant bug. I don't want to get off topic here. I really think Miyamoto is such a dumb motherfucker. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, fuck him. The dude go like, no, you can't equip the Master Sword. Don't put bombs on arrows. I hate fun. My name's Miyamoto. You should handshake every enemy you killed in Goldeneye. <laughs> Here's Wii music. Here comes Ravi drums. Miyamoto. Every time I hear this story about like, yeah, Miyamoto shot us down for this incredibly... He canceled Star Fox too. And then it's like, also, he's one of the greatest visionaries in video games? What the fuck? I mean, have you played Star Fox 2? I have not. It's on the list. I'll get to it. I might uh, change my tune. Yeah, he, I think he was maybe... Maybe would have been a good idea. He was maybe on the right track with that one. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I hear a lot of these stories that are just like, I can't believe Miyamoto actually set this thing because it's dumb. And then... Also, this dude made Mario and, like, a bunch of other games that have, like, really stood the test of time yeah, because yeah, they're legitimately... I agree. I see what you're saying. Also, he made Pikmin, so I can't be mad at oh, him. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Did you know yeah, Omar anyway. is Mario backwards? What? Yeah. Oh. Did you know that Guichi is Luigi, but he's also made out of goo? I did not know that. Tell me more. Well, it's uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, 3, out in a month. 3? When when did 2 come out? Uh, that was the one on the 3DS. They wouldn't put a Luigi's Mansion on 3DS. Come on. Nintendo <laughs> Larry, of course they did. Come on. Of course they would put the sequel to Luigi's Mansion on the 3DS. Next you're going to tell me there have been like 
five Mario and Luigi RPGs. When everyone knows Wait. Bowser's inside story was the last one. Mm. So anyway, Tezuka had a lot of good ideas for Zelda and Miyamoto told him to get fucked. So one day Tezuka's just bumming around the office and he sees uh, Morita, uh, Kazuaki Morita. I'm definitely not saying that name correctly. Uh, fucking around on a Game Boy development unit and he's made this uh, Zelda-like. And uh, Tezuka starts getting really interested and wants to like work on it with him. And then a bunch of other people in the office kind of join in. They form what they describe as like an after-school project of sorts, just developing this thing for fun. Until Tezuka's like, I think we got something here. And he takes it to the higher-ups at Nintendo, pitches them a Zelda on the Game Boy, uh, pitches it as a remake at first. Um, and they greenlight it, and they give them a second development unit, and it eventually ends up taking its own shape and becoming Link Awakening. Uh, but as they were... Uh, remember the guy who actually wrote the story i wrote his name down somewhere but i'm trying to osama yeah. tezuka anyway, osama tezuka came in to write the story and osama tezuka was like you know what i'm a big fan of twin peaks that's right i lived long enough to see it uh so like a lot of um the, the fact that this all kind of takes place in a dream and that these characters that you're interacting with are just very, very strange and quirky and kind of talking to you in this manner that seems very inhuman is taken from Twin Peaks. Like, they wanted that to define the tone of Link's Awakening. Uh, That's and interesting. Like I, I should maybe give the game another shot because I did play it, like, back then and did oh, not good. like it. Good news! On the 20th of September, nope. Nope. You, you can have your chance to Not play Link's Awakening again for a whole $60! Yeah, for $60 Pay you can get something that, that looks worse than the original Game Boy game. Oh, I disagree with you. I, I think that so game bad. looks charming as hell. It's garbage. Oh, I love it. I love it. I like how shiny everything looks like. That's what I hate. Game. If it wasn't so shiny... It wouldn't be as bad. Also, if it wasn't at that horrible tilt, like 3D dot game heroes. Another game. I, I mean, I. Yeah, I, I also don't like 3D dot game heroes, but I do really appreciate that they're trying to make that thing look almost like a diorama or a board game. Nope, because it just looks bad. Uh, if it looked like it a looked diorama bad. or a board game that was good, sure. Yeah, well. You know, uh, I think it has. A kind of a Hitman Go look to it, and I appreciate it. Ah, now see, Hitman Go looks good. Uh, that uh, Sim City remake or reboot or whatever, like it had some problems, but the look of it, with, like the tilt shifted look and everything, was really cool. If it was something mm. like that, then yeah. But no. is that the one that uh, EA fucked up with the always yeah. online thing? Has there been like an after that? No. That was it. Okay. That killed the series. I'd... Because shortly after that came out, uh, City Skylines came out, which is That's one of like the thing. Okay. Yeah, I remember that there was another city building thing and I I forgot it was City Skylines. So mm -hmm. yeah, well. Uh, but yeah, it, it's neat how this uh, kind of started out at this uh, as this little passion project that took a lot of like tonal cues from uh, Twin Peaks and uh it's the the thing that interests me the most about Link's Awakening is you can kind of look at it as ground zero for a lot of recurring elements in the Zelda series. 
Like, this is the first game to do a whole trading sequence, which has now popped up in, like, every Zelda that I've ever played. Yeah. Um, some of them are fine, and then some of them are terrible. Like, the in Twilight Link's Awakening... The Princess one is really bad. The, I think the one in Ocarina is pretty bad, too. Twilight Princess uh, one is especially bad because I think you need it you need to do it like to continue the story at one point it's like talking to the character doesn't work you have to like select the item and show it to him and it's like some mm. random guard wandering around who looks like every other one uh, I, I don't remember the specifics except I remember having to show a guard a photo and thinking this is very stupid and I had to consult game facts to figure out what to do yeah, that doesn't sound great. It, I mean, it's fine in Link's Awakening because uh, it, it being the first and it being the Game Boy, it's pretty dumbed down and oh, simple. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the one in Ocarina is uh, trash too, like I said, but you do get the big Oron sword for that, which is yeah. also really good. Uh, I forget what you get in Link's Awakening. I think it might just be a heart container. Because Ocarina of Time has like uh, the timed segment, right? You have to get like to Goron. It, it has multiple time segments like the one where you have to bring like the frog like the eyeball frog which the eyeball frog looks awesome just this frog with bulging googly eyes i'm way into that but yeah you have to like rush it over there and uh you do that with another item that stuff fucking sucks yeah sort of like in metal gear solid when you have to move the key card before it gets cold yeah yeah, it's pretty much exactly like that. It blows. It's just busy work running between these two points mm-hmm. when you really shouldn't have to. Uh, but yeah, you have Link's Awakening to thank for that. They invented it. Thanks, Link's Awakening. <laughs> Thanks, Awakening. Um, it, it's also the first one that had an ocarina that you could use, I think. Like, the, Link's, Link to the Past didn't have an ocarina of any sort, did it? Love an ocarina. Huh? Huh? What? What? Nothing. No. I think Link to the Past did. Don't you? Uh, don't you play it to return to the main area? You should look that up okay. because your keyboard won't make sounds into the microphone like mine will. Uh, but I don't remember there being an ocarina in Link to the Past. I want to say that Link's Awakening was the first one that used it. Uh, I know that Link's Awakening also was... Like, the Ocarina the is, is a recurring instrument in the Zelda series. It first appeared in A Link to the Past when it was used to teleport huh. Link to certain places in the light world. I should really remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think you can like go to either the home place or maybe like gives you options of a couple of other places. The whole... The whole second episode of this podcast we were talking about that game. We spent the first episode talking about... Uh, Zelda 1 and 2, which we infamously hate. Everyone uh-huh. knows that. Everyone who's listened to this podcast has listened to the first episode. I think you're mistaken, by the way. Hmm? No, we talked about those games, didn't we? We did. Yeah, I mean, I you put that... it up, didn't you? Yes, but wait. I don't know. Uh. I don't remember anything anymore. It's, it's not worry about it. Just keep moving. Um, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. The first one uh, was Link to the Past. Zelda 1 and 2 might show up sometime. 
Huh. That's weird. I thought we talked about it. Um, well, no, I, I really yeah. like uh, Link's Awakening. Even So back in the day when I first played this thing, it was the DX version of it, which added the color dungeon and um, like photographs that you could have taken of you throughout the world that were there to print out with the Game Boy printer. Which, sure. I remember being waved the Game Boy printer as a kid, and now as an adult, I cannot wrap my mind around why anyone thought the Game Boy printer was a good idea. What about the Game Boy camera? Game Boy camera is fine, because that actually had, like, software where you could, like, goof up your photo. But, like, the Game Boy printer was just, like, now print out a stamped a stamped size version of that photo. Yeah. Uh, it's almost about... as silly as just, like, Pokemon Snap, but... What about we'll, we'll talk e about cards. that on another episode too. Do you remember e-cards, e-reader? Yeah. Uh, you swipe these five like, cards and then you can play Urban Champion. Sure. It was the early version of Amiibo. Yeah, kind of. It, it did not actually take off in the way that Amiibo did, which also, Amiibos taking off have still surprised the fuck out of me because the first, like when they announced those, I was like, oh, it's just the e-reader, but more expensive. Also, the e-reader cards take up less space. Um, yes. But, well, well hey, also, at least like, people have gotten better. Basing, yeah, I was going to say, me basing that opinion on Amiibos, too, was seeing those first batch of, like, Smash Brothers Amiibos that looked like Meltman. Yeah, those really sucked. Yeah. Uh, like, Amiibos now, like, I own a few Amiibos now, so, sure. I have like, There's two. been some that have appealed to me almost got the Link's Awakening amiibo, because I really like how shiny Link is. Well, then get it. No, I bought a different Zelda thing. Uh, but yeah, the, the DX version is the first one of these, uh, well, the first version of this game that I played, and I liked it a whole hell of a lot back in the day. Um, even back then, just very surprised about how much they were getting out of that cartridge. Uh, I don't think that this falls into like the same kind of pitfall that like uh, Oracle of Ages does where it starts to get really samey with its uh, dungeon and its puzzle design. Like, this actually felt pretty consistently fresh from one dungeon to the next. Uh, like, in a way, too, that I think that Seasons uh, doesn't quite hit on. Um, I don't know if that's just the benefit of Tezuka working on this thing and him having these these ideas about what Zelda should be versus uh, a third-party company coming in and just being we understand what Zelda is, and we're just going to do that. Maybe. And then, yeah, you just like, saying, at, like, at that point in time, like, that should be somebody that everybody's familiar with, like uh, Hideki Kamiya. And then I thought, oh, man, what if Kamiya made a Zelda game? Oh, that would be amazing. That'd be really good. Yeah, just like a, a Bayonetta-style action game starring Link. Hmm... I, I mean, you can that. put Bayonetta in Link costume, and I would argue that's better. Well, you can, but also, why would you do that when the Star Fox costume is there? That's true. And I am surprised that you don't know who Tezuka, Tezuka is. The producer of Yoshi's Story, Takashi Tezuka. Oh. The producer of Super Mario Sunshine, Takashi Tezuka. Oh. This man produced Pikmin number two. Motherfucker. Oh, well, that's something. He also did Yoshi's Touch and Go. Uh, he yeah, maybe produced Miyamoto was, was onto bitch. something, telling him no. 
Oh, what are you talking shit about the producer of Yoshi's New Island now and also Yoshi's Wooly World? He yes. made arms. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the worst of all. Are they still doing competitive arms tournaments? <laughs> no. All those people <laughs> shot themselves. <laughs> I bet there are somewhere. I bet they're still trying to make arms a thing. <laughs> it's just one dude sitting in the online queue, still waiting for a match. No, it'd be like one guy shows up at the tournament and then he just wins by default. <laughs> Here you go, the world champion. He didn't have to play a single match. Yeah. Uh, no, T- Tezuka's actually worked on like just a, a whole lot of... Uh... Mario Brothers, Zelda, like Pikmin, and Yoshi-related things specifically. Yeah, all the worst ones, apparently. Oh, he uh, he worked on the original Super Mario Brothers and Mario Two. It says he was the director of the first Legend of Zelda as well. Um, But yeah, I think he like came in halfway through on Link to. Oh, it was like a a Devil May Cry Two situation. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Uh, but he also he got was there the and was like, man, of, uh, I don't know, I can't salvage this, but I'll try. <laughs> he also was the producer of Wind Waker uh, and was supervisor on Ocarina and Majora's Mask. Like he's had his hands in like a lot of very big uh, Nintendo titles, and you know stuff like Yoshi's Touch and Go, which nobody gives a fuck about anyway. Um, I'm trying to think of what yeah, Yoshi's I, Touch and Go even was. You touch the Yoshi. Was it like Kirby Canvas Curse, like where you draw a path or something, but with his tongue? I don't remember this at all. I I don't know either. Hold on, let me find out what Yoshi's touching though. Because I also need to know. Yeah. Uh, it's like a little. The, the cover has him drawing an, uh, a stylus for an egg. As opposed to the earlier Yoshi games, in Yoshi Touch and Go, the player cannot take direct control over the characters. Instead, the Yoshis move from left to right automatically at a certain speed. However, the player can draw lines on the lower screen with a stylus, which creates clouds that will support the character. So it is like Kirby Canvas Canvas Curse. Yeah, but, you know, with Yoshi, so who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Um... But yeah, it, it, when when I went back and I, I replayed Link's Awakening this time around, I played the original version of the game, which I had never actually touched before. Uh, if you're going to go back and play one of the older ones, just go ahead and play the DX version so it's actually, like, you know, in color and you get another dungeon because, really, they changed absolutely nothing about gameplay as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I just think I, Link's Awakening is an incredibly charming game for me. I, I like it a whole hell of a lot. I think it does keep itself a lot more fresh than the other two Game Boy uh, Zelda games, the, the Oracle game. Mm-hmm. As far as like its its history and the way that it shaped the other Zelda games, I appreciate the hell out of it for it kind of being the first in a lot of regards, and I think that I don't see people talk about Link's Awakening as much as I do like Link to the Past and Ocarina. Like Those tend to be the ones from that period of time that people hold up as being very influential. Like well, Link's just Awakening contributed a lot nobody's gonna shut up about Link's Awakening everybody's gonna be suddenly saying it was always their favorite one etc etc yeah yeah unlike me who you know 
has in private said often that it is probably his favorite top-down Zelda, which is why you have told me to play the Oracle games yep. over and over and over again. Yep, that is true. Um, but yeah, it's almost like I tried to time this episode so it would come out probably about uh, roughly a week after the Link's Awakening remake uh, would re- release on the... When's the, the remake Switch? come out? On the 20th. Okay, yeah, it'll be next week. So it's a few days from now when we're recording this, but the mm-hmm. episode will go out. Um, so yeah, obviously I don't have any thoughts on how good that game is. I might show up next week and say that it's terrible. <laughs> I don't, I really don't know. I really don't think it's going to be good. I'm spending 60 bucks on it like a damn uh, Sure, maybe. sure. Great. I, uh, I'm going to be spending 60 bucks on Death Stranding and talking okay, about the wild uh, card. Yeah, no, I saw some articles go up saying, like, we finally know what Death Stranding's gameplay is going to be like, and I'm not even clicking on it. Me either. Because uh, I'm honestly at this point where I just want to hand Kojima 60 bucks and just play whatever the fuck it is he makes. Here's the thing. Death Stranding is simultaneously a wild card that can turn out, like, any conceivable way, and also at the same time, I know exactly what it will be. Do you know what I mean? I... Yeah. I kind of got a feeling that it's actually going to be the type of game that I really hate. Like that uh, sort yeah. of just you're dumped out into the world and you're forging for stuff. I fucking can't stand those games. But like I'm expecting that it's going to carry me through to the end because it's still a Hideo Kojima game. It, it actually is... seems to have more story going on than the last Hideo Kojima game. <laughs> Maybe. I really fucking hope because it's bad news for me if it doesn't. I would take Metal Gear Solid V over pretty much any Metal Gear Solid except for 3. I I still really like that first one. That the sure, first Metal Gear good, Solid but... is up there for me as like perfect perfect video games. Sure, but actually playing it? Mm, I love playing it. I replayed some of V and it's still really good. Like the movement and everything oh, sure. in it is great. Yeah. Which is good, considering you're doing so much of it. Yeah, it's a lot of game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't... Um, you know, I was anticipating to talk about Link's Awakening a whole lot more than I did, but I actually think that uh, kind of come out the other end of this, the Oracle games had a lot more um, that I really wanted to kind of dive into. Uh, as far as recommending them goes, uh, Larry, would you suggest Link's Awakening to anybody? Sure. What, what's not? your thoughts on Link's Awakening? Because you haven't really mentioned much about your time playing that game. I I just remember not really caring about it. <laughs> okay. Basically, <laughs> at the time I was like, Good okay, review. I've played Link to the Past. This is that, but not. It's it's a Game Boy version of that. Basically, I don't care. And so then later the Oracle games came out. I was like, ah, oh, remember Link's Awakening? This is like that, but good. So, I also just like appreciate Link's Awakening for how fucking bleak it is. Like it was doing the Majora's Mask bleakness before Majora's Mask. Because like the the whole thing in Link's Awakening is that you're inside this dream and you have to wake the wind fish uh, by collecting these, these different instruments. But you find out that it's a dream like two thirds in, and when you get that knowledge, you realize that oh, if I wake the windfish, everyone on this island disappears. Sure. 
So, like, Link's whole adventure th then becomes about murdering this island of people that you've ah. spent most of the game befriending. Ah. And, like, they've actually done a good job about giving those characters, like, an actual personality and a reason to get invested in They're them. not real. Who cares? Wipe them out. I mean, look, I beat the game, so that's pretty much the frame of mind Link adopted by the end of it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're not real. And you had, like, Marin in the game who, like, Mark she wants to become... Uh, Marin? M-A-R-O-N? Yeah, I'm Mark Marin. Yeah, Mark Marin's in the game, and uh, he wants to live. Yeah, he, he goes and asks Link who his guys are. Talks to him for a <laughs> while about uh, when he was at the recording of Andrew Dice Clay's uh, the, the Night the Laughter Died. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm imagining Andrew Dice Clay and Ganondorf's armor. Just turns around in the final dungeon. Hickory dickory duck. Oh! <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. For some um, reason, though, I had to fight myself to say Andrew Dice Clay instead of Andrew WK. And, you know, they're not that different. <laughs> Andrew WK performing one of Andrew Dice Clay's sets, and then you see it's like a Prince and the Popper thing. They switch positions. And then he smashes himself in the face with a brick. Yeah. Andrew Dice Clay doing uh, uh, songs about Gundams. <laughs> he just gets really pissed off halfway through and stops the song. Probably. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really like how just... That that game seems very nihilistic by the end of it, and I, I really dig that. Um... I don't know. I just, I like Link's Awakening a whole fucking lot. Great, great. So we should probably just end this episode because yes. I'm going to keep saying I like Link's Awakening over and over. And what do you think about Link's so Awakening? You are forced to us, but I like it. Whoa. Actually, I don't. Actually, I don't really give a crap. I played it and was just like I was just like Link to the past. See, I knew I'd get the truth out of you eventually. Would you recommend Link's Awakening to somebody who has never played the original Link's Awakening before? You mean the new one? Uh, no, not the no, because you haven't played the new one, and obviously your answer is going to be no to that. I know that you don't care about the original Link's Awakening. You played it, and it didn't leave an impression on no, you. No, but you but... said like, would you recommend Link's Awakening to someone who did not play the original version? And that phrasing makes me think you're asking the new one. But the oh, original no. I, game... I meant I meant that sure. the that's sure, my I meant that the opposite way of if if somebody's never played the original, would you recommend the original to them? Yeah, give it a shot. Why not? Who cares? Okay. Download the ROM. <laughs> Who are we kidding? You're not tracking down an original copy of it. Big whoop. Larry Davis says play the game so you can realize how much it's like the link to the past and then stop playing it. Yeah. I mean if you do that, that's your prerogative. Um Man, you can steal items in that game and they call you thief for the rest of the game and you can kill Marin and she's just a fucking ghost. Mm. You can be a piece of shit in Link's Awakening. I'm pretty sure you can kill Marin. That's actually something that, like... I'm trying to remember if that's true or if that's, like, some <sighs> weird, adult fantasy of my youth now. <laughs> um, would you recommend uh, the Oracle games, uh, both of them, or just one? Definitely recommend Seasons, Ages, and give it a shot. Again, like, if you don't like it, whatever. 
Yeah. I don't care. I'm not invested. I'm not the boss of you. Do what you want. <laughs> I obviously uh, recommend Link's Awakening. Um, I also think that Oracle of Seasons is a really excellent Zelda game that I think that definitely not enough people have played. So, uh, Oracle of Ages, though, I think you can kind of just uh, skip that. Is Minish you'll, Cap you'll on get... the list? No, Minish Cap is not what? on the list. That's right. Because <laughs> you insulted I'm... Link's Awakening, I took it off. I just replaced it with panoramic coffee. This is what happens. I'm going to go in and I'm going to edit I'm... that list. I'm going to find it. I'm going to hack into the mainframe. <laughs> I'm going to do it myself. Break into my Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Fuck up all my formulas. Formulas? Yeah, no, you got Excel formulas. You put the formula in the box. You do the math and then it links it to other cells and it's... It's all very boring. Whatever. This sounds like something from Ancestors, the humankind odyssey. This nonsense you're talking about. Fucking around in Excel is a lot like playing Ancestors. Uh, it I makes me feel it. like a damn chimp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I messed around with this spreadsheet some. Now I can hold things in both hands. I just squat on my chair and I eat a banana in one hand and then I enter the formulas with the other. Ooh, banana. I just scratch my armpits and then I start ooking when I've completed my task. Uh, anyway, that's it. What the fuck was I talking about? Yeah, that's it. That's the episode. <laughs> we'll what what you're talking week. about is this is the end. Uh, all right. Goodbye. Goodbye, Donna Shores. <laughs> What's your favorite season? Spring's my favorite season. What's the flaming reason that spring's your favorite season? I like to hear the robin sing, makes me feel the joy within. I like to smell the chestnuts roast, and on the fire the crumpets toast. But the robin sings in winter. Is it winter that you're into? Yes, then it must be winter. What's your favourite season? I reckon winter's my favourite season. What's the rutty reason? The winter's your favourite season. I like the heat upon my back as I walk down the country track to feel the sun upon my face, the long warm days and your embrace. But it's not hot in winter, is it summer that you're into? Yes, then it must be summer. <laughs> What's your favourite season? I think we've established summer's my favourite season. You've said every other season. Do you understand the seasons? Yes, I like those leaves of golden brown. No, that's autumn, you're a clown. I like the flowers when in bloom. No, that's spring, you thick baboon. <laughs> You must have a favourite season But I don't understand the seasons What's your favourite season? Mine is definitely February 